Good morning. If we haven't met, my name is Sam McLaughlin, and I'm one of the pastors here at Belmede. We're so glad you're here to worship with us in person and online, and we would love the chance to get to know you. Uh, before I start today, I do want to draw your attention to Lent is coming. And uh, on March 1st, we're going to have a big pancake party in the fellowship hall. Um, we're going to have some music, some crafts for kids. So we invite you to come on out on Tuesday the 1st. And then on Wednesday the 2nd, we're starting our Wednesday night dinners back up again. So we really want all of you to come and enjoy in fellowship and share a meal together. And then at 6.15, we will have our Ash Wednesday service here in the sanctuary. Uh, that service will begin our Lent sermon series. And it is called Thy kingdom come we're going to look at the lord's prayer and each week we're going to take a line of the lord's prayer uh, to study and we're going to do that both on sunday mornings in worship and wednesday nights after dinner uh, here in the sanctuary we've invited five people from the congregation to share their reflections and meditations on what those words from the lord's prayer mean to them and so i'm letting you know all of this so that you will make plans to come and let's be together if you feel safe to do so as Pastor John said, today is the third Sunday of our sermon series called Happy, Healthy, Healed. Uh, we are contending that even though we face darkness in this world, um, illness, death, there is a way for us to live a happy, healthy, healed life here and now, this side of heaven. Uh, during this series, we've been looking at healing stories from the book of Luke. And just to remind you, scholars believe that this book is written by a man named Luke, a companion of Paul, uh, someone who was a second century physician. And so we return to that to, to remember that when we read the gospel through his eyes, we're looking at it through a healer. And what we see is Jesus portrayed as someone who is compassionate and empathetic, a balm in Gilead, the one true Savior. In these last two weeks, as we've looked at healing stories of Jesus healing a man um, with leprosy, uh, we have addressed that if we want to live this kind of happy life, we have to be aware of and feel and name our emotions. We have to expose our wounds. Last week we talked about uh, what it's like to go back to our beginning, back to our childhood, to be real and look at the roots of family trauma and how those have given us mechanisms for coping and being and moving in the world. We've said in this series that we have to work through our grief, whether from major life-altering events or from everyday stress, exhaustion, and disappointment. This week, we are looking at these two healing stories that are uh, really sandwiched together, right? The story of a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years is embedded within the story of a 12-year-old girl who is sick and dying. In fact, this is the only example in the New Testament of such a combination of these two miracle stories. Um, as Gracie read, the young girl's father uh, went to plead before the feet of Jesus. Jairus was someone who was a leader in the synagogue, in the church at that time. He was someone who actually took care of like the physical arrangement of worship, what setting the space, let's say it that way. As Jesus made his way to Jairus' home, he was surrounded by this large crowd. This woman, who had been bleeding for 12 years, reached out to him and touched the fringe of his garment. 
Now, fringe was probably like just the hem. Imagine um, even tassels that are just like brushing the dust of the road. And that's pointed out to us because we see that in the law in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 22, that those four corners specified uh, what people of importance would wear. That outer robe uh, even doubled as a blanket at night. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. And Jesus, Jesus noticed in that moment when someone just touched the like barely end of his clothing, that power came out of him. And so he turned to address the crowd. The woman came forward trembling and he said to her words of affirmation, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, then we are pulled back into the story of Jairus' daughter as someone comes to announce that Jesus no longer needs to go to his house because his daughter has died. But Jesus says, do not fear, only believe, and she will be saved. And so Jesus goes to the house, takes her by the hand, and says, child, get up. Her spirit returned, and once she arose, they gave her something to eat. Now, this was to prove that she was actually alive, and it says her parents were astounded. As I have been ruminating over this text for several weeks, I can't escape uh, looking at this woman who had been bleeding for so long. Um, it's not pretty. It's maybe not something that we want to talk about, but it's real. As I explored this, I asked a friend of mine to share her experience of chronic illness with me. My friend has been suffering now for 15 years. So she explained to me that in the early years, she would get her hopes up at the prospect of every potential diagnosis. She said, with every test, I hoped that it would show something that I could finally have answers for and I could start treatment to cure my illness. She kept thinking, if I just get a diagnosis, things will get better. But often, she said, that diagnosis was complicated. There was no one treatment or easy fix and things didn't get quickly better. So she said, you know what, I've had my hope dashed so many times in the last 15 years that now I live with a cautious hope. It is no longer naive in thinking that one day all things will be well. It's more like I live with hope to just make it through the day. If I live in a different way, then it exhausts my mind, my body, and my soul. You know, as I, as I heard my friend say these words, it brought this text alive in a different way. This woman who was chronically ill had spent all of her money on physicians. She had tried over and over to find that cure. And I imagine that after every doctor visit, she got her hopes up and later felt frustrated and exhausted that nothing would work. And so I think that this story, in one way, speaks to a particular group of people. And you may be in that category. For those of you who live with chronic pain or chronic suffering, for those of you who relate so much to this woman, I want to encourage you, keep clinging to hope to make it through just one day. Now, we know that scripture can be particular in that way, but it's also generic that even in this story, it can speak to any of us who are on a healing journey. So here's another way to look, about, look at it. 
Yesterday, I took uh, my two children to the playground in our neighborhood. My daughter, Madeline, is almost six months old, uh, so she was sound asleep in the stroller and had no idea what was going on. My son, Lewis, is three and a half, and so uh, we got to run around the playground. We were the only ones there. It was like nap time. I don't know why he wasn't napping. <laughs> But, you know, we, we played hide-and-seek, we got on the swings, we did the seesaw. He likes when I make him fly into the air. Um, I encouraged him, like literally said, go, Lewis, go, as he climbed the slide the wrong way. <laughs> but he uh, also loves to play with this big maze, and it's, it sits on, sort of on the ground, and so for grown-ups it's difficult. Like you have to hunch over or get on your legs and follow this maze all the way down to the bottom where you're like literally touching the dirt. And so I don't like this maze, but my son <laughs> likes me to do it with him. Um, and usually I just run my finger through the maze pretending to find my way to the end. But yesterday I actually tried. Uh, and of course, you know, I would wind down different sections and I would come to a dead end. And so I would have to go back and start over. And it took a while. It took me some time and some patience to really find my way out of the maze. You know, sometimes healing is more like navigating your way through a maze than moving from point A to point B in some linear fashion. It takes time and it takes patience. And sometimes you make progress and then you find yourself at another dead end. And so what I think this woman shows us is that when you get stuck, it's time to regroup and refocus and reset. This woman was persistent. She was intent on making her way to Jesus. I mean, I can see her in my mind pushing her way forward through the people, like those people who push past you to get to the front row of a concert. I see her with her hand stretched out, maybe her body low, determination in her eyes, and finally complete relief, perhaps even breathing out as she lunges toward the bottom of Jesus' clothes. The text says... Jesus felt that power leave him. And when he turned around, the woman was noticed. Maybe for the first time in a long time, in the midst of her healing, she was seen. And she was affectionately spoken to. He even calls her daughter. And so part of what I want to say to you today is that Jesus notices you. Jesus notices you whether you're chronically ill or stressed from your responsibilities or unsure which path to follow in the maze next jesus notices you when you are at the end of your rope where you end jesus begins where you unravel he mends where you are hanging on by a thread the cloak of jesus covers you and so be persistent Run towards him. If you have tried everything else in your life, try Jesus Christ. The next thing that Jesus says to her is your faith has made you well. Now, I don't believe this means uh, that because she believed, she was healed. We know plenty of people in our life. We are those people in our life who believe in God, who pray, who beg to be healed, who ask for a miracle, and it does not happen in the way that we expect. What I think Luke is getting at in this passage is that faith 
can have an effect on your well-being. That faith isn't in place of therapy or a 12-step group or radiation or a vaccine or antidepressants. Faith can make a different in your, difference in your mind. The mindset of the faithful matters. The faithful do not conform to the patterns of this world, but are transformed by the renewing of their mind. And so when the world says that your illness or your heartache makes you ineffective or ill-equipped or not steady or efficient or as full of energy as those whose health does not force them to rest or slow down or fall apart, your faith in Jesus Christ reminds you that you are not unworthy or less than because of your heartache or your pain. This is what this is how my friend with chronic illness said it. She said, my faith makes a difference because I've learned to see hope in the present. I find healing in watching my kids hysterically laugh at one another. And it's that moment that brings me joy. And it's that moment, if I can be present in it, that I remember I am more than my illness, that it does not defend me. See, when I look out at my life and I see my kids and my husband and my loved ones, I recognize that I am not lost, that I have not lost everything, that my hope comes from knowing that God holds my broken body and my broken spirit in God's wounded hands. And so our faith challenges us and encourages us to not give up, to not be afraid, to not believe that we are lost in our suffering or less than, that we are more than our illness. Our faith reminds us that God holds us, holds our brokenness in God's wounded hands. Earlier this week, uh, my family was sitting at the breakfast table one morning. Um, I make my son sound kind of bossy, but he's not. He, sometimes he assigns chairs to us of where we're going to sit at the table, but he's always at the head of the table. And we were sitting there, and I mean, this is the most subtle thing happened. He like did not skip a beat. He was eating his eggs, and my daughter was on the floor in between us in, in her bouncer. And so as he's eating, he just like picks up his foot, she starts to cry. He picks up his foot and he moves it over to the bouncer and he just starts bouncing the bouncer as he's still eating his food. And it's like almost immediately she stopped crying. And again, it was so subtle that I almost missed it. And so part of what I'm trying to say today is that faith grounds you in the hope that somehow, some way, someone is going to come along and ease your burdens and offer you relief and give you a path to follow in this labyrinth of life. The final thing is this. When, when Jesus went to heal Jairus' daughter, he took her by the hand and he called, child, get up, and her spirit returned to her and she got up at once and then she ate something. And you know, as I ruminated on this passage, this passage that shows two instances of complete healing, two cures, I kept thinking, you know, that, that is how we tend to think about healing, as if one day everything will get better and then we'll be okay. And that happens in some cases and in some seasons. And in some ways we believe that that is heaven. But perhaps for most of us, it's, it's better to focus on the everyday healing that we encounter. Talking about healing in everyday ways is more accurate. And so I sort of heard these words from Jesus 
uh, in a way, in something that we can say to ourselves, that every day we can get up and say, child, rise, get up, choose happiness, choose health, choose healing, have faith. Because we know that when we do that, over and over, our spirit is revived. Our spirit returns to us. Over and over, we taste and see the goodness of God. Over and over, we are astounded at the miracle of life before us. Over and over, we see that this moment right here, right now, is the miracle. You may not have a cure for what ails you in this life, but your faith, your faith will make you well in a way that nothing else can. So no matter the circumstance, look for healing, look for blessing, choose to be happy, healthy, and healed. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.